Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. As expectant mums, we need solidarity real talk and taboo busting. This episode is all about being real, honest and sharing experiences to support other mums on this incredible roller coaster of a journey too. This week's guest, Charlie Launder, founder of Bumps and Burpees, is joining me to talk about our current pregnancies, the ups and downs, highs and lows, challenges and how we are finding our own experiences of pregnancy. So welcome, Charlie, and thank you for letting me steal you for another chat, because you've been on the podcast before talking about your area of expertise of exercise. This is just about you. I know. And what better thing to talk about than me? It's easy to talk about me, but I can't even remember. Was I pregnant with my first or my second the last time I came on? I think it's my second. I think you were pregnant with your second. Okay, it all blurs into one at the end. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, the time scale wasn't massive between them, so it was not. It, the time scale has not been massive across all of them, so we can get into that. I feel like you're a great advert for like pregnancy, birth, motherhood. Must be okay because Charlie's just going back. <laughs> like she's not hanging around. Yes. <laughs> So I, I mean, I could just talk to you. I've got my cup of tea. Like I feel like we're just in a coffee shop here, which is lovely. But I did put some questions out to Instagram to see what people might want us to actually talk about um, rather than just being entirely selfish and having a conversation that happens to be recorded. So one of the top questions that came out, Charlie, which I feel like you have lots of experience in now that you're on pregnancy number three, is how do you manage to continue to have an active lifestyle with young children? Well, that is a very good question. Um, And I'd say that changing your mindset is quite helpful because when you have young children, your life is really active. So if you're wanting an active lifestyle, you've got it. Having young children, you're not really sitting down that much. You're not, you know, with a baby you might be, but when they but when they move, no, 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 you're not resting anymore. So in terms of just daily life, it is very active. I'm I'm following them around, I'm running around after them in the playground, I'm up and down the stairs all day. But in terms of actually 
adding in exercise workouts and um, planned exercise shall I say um, I have found that at, at the beginning you have to grab time where you get time and it changes week on week month maybe not week on week but as they progress into like a routine and a different routine that's when it changes so maybe at the beginning when they sleep because they sleep a lot more you know at the start then you can exercise then then suddenly they don't sleep a lot more and you can't predict it then I'd say um don't wait for them to be asleep just wait for them to be happy make sure they're fed make sure they've got lots of things around them that they can look at or play with and then just get on and do the workout with them there never never think it's not a full workout if you haven't done an hour I mean I cannot remember the last time I did a workout that was an hour you just don't need to and it might be that you put your workout stuff on in the morning which is my top tip and you think right this is the work I'm going to do when I can so that you've made all the decisions already. You're not spending ages going, hmm, should I do lower body? Should I do this? You've already decided you've got your workout stuff on. And when that moment arises, you just go, no matter what the living room looks like, doesn't matter if it's messy, you just go and use your time. So I think that's the main thing is that it doesn't have to be picture perfect with your baby napping beautifully and it's silent and you can have that time to yourself. Unfortunately, especially in the first year, I think me time isn't actually always on your own. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to do it with your little person there. And then when they start to get a bit bigger, maybe you have a bit of childcare, maybe they can go into the crash at the gym. Maybe your neighbor can have the baby for an hour or something. Then you could maybe start to factor into your week being like every single Monday morning, I do this. And you know, you start to get more used to building in those habits. But it takes time. And with both of my boys, it was around the year mark that I was like, okay, every Monday and every Wednesday, whatever it was, that's when I can guarantee I can do the workout unless a baby's ill or whatever. But I think for the first year, you just have to grab it when you can, is my main advice. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, but I think that's the perfect advice. Cause if you like, especially with your first child, if you've been able to, like you say, finish the day in the office and then go to the gym and do your hour and it's all quite like leisurely it's just so different and if that's all you've ever pictured as your exercise then to think about doing like 10 minutes in your living room in your pajamas doesn't feel like exercise anymore but actually it's rethinking about why you're exercising and, and your why when you're a mum is often really different to how it was prior to that so it's marrying those two things up because life is never going to be perfect like all no. those squares aren't going to be beautifully aligned so it's finding that finding that way and and I love the tip about know what you're doing and be ready in terms of what you're wearing because if you've got 15 minutes then by the time you've got changed you've had <laughs> you've planned what you're doing you've rolled so it out you've got two minutes left of me. <laughs> totally, totally. And I want to just pick up on you saying your why. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the messages we get on social media is you, you want to want to work out to be strong for your kids and to be there for your kids. And that is 100% true. But it's also okay to want to work out to feel fitter like you used to, feel stronger like you used to, or maybe fit into some of your clothes that are sat in your cupboard and you can't fit them anymore. It's okay to have those goals too. You just might have to be a bit more patient because they might take a bit longer to get there because you have less, you know, dedicated time each week. So I think it's okay to admit, to tell people that your goal is to, um, it's not just for your children. It can be for you too. And I think that's really important to acknowledge that 
it it will it will happen you will get those goals you just at the first stage of motherhood you might just need to take a bit more time to get there yeah absolutely and actually showing our children that we value ourselves our physical health yeah. and our mental health is an amazing thing to teach them like we want them to grow up in a world where they can be like i'm doing this because i'm prioritizing me and my health and my happiness and yeah. ultimately that starts with us because we are their ultimate role models aren't we they do everything and say everything because I'm learning. But we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son is um, three and a half, my eldest. And he yesterday, he got onto the floor and he said, I need to just do some press-ups. And he was doing like oh. one, two, three. And he, I mean, he wasn't really doing a press-up, but I was like, how cool that. that he's like picked up on that. And and he was saying, I said, why do you need to do the press-ups? He said, because I want to feel strong. And I was like, oh, this is just yes. music to my ears. Yeah. yeah, come on, Alfie. That's brilliant. We've got a ski egg in our um, gym. And people that don't know what that is, it's a bit like a ski machine. You hold on to little like handles and pull it down. And my little boy will spend ages on that. He thinks that's brilliant. But isn't that okay. the value of us having not crammed exercise into nap time when nap time can be time for you to either put your feet up and rest sleep just chill out have a hot cup of tea doesn't need to be the time that you exert yourself even more it's brilliant for your child to watch you move your body because it normalizes active lifestyles which is what we want for our children we're in a yeah. we're in a you know epidemic of sedentary lifestyles for lots of families and actually instilling that at a young age and getting kids moving whether that's you know dancing in the kitchen or you know doing whatever is such a powerful way of just setting their mindset up for an active life long term totally i don't know about you but my boys they go mental if they're sat still for too long if they're all starting to fight and things like that i'm like right let's do some running races let's play this game and we're running around the kitchen then they're fine again it's like they they are like us we need to move for our mental health they're exactly the same yeah they are it's that that it's a primal need isn't it that we've kind yeah. of, i guess over generations we've been able to kind of suppress but actually when we strip it back it is a fundamental need of ourselves still um but yeah it just it just all becomes a bit different i vividly remember in the really early stages thinking i really want to be able to exercise for half an hour a day like four or five times a week. And so to start with, I would break that up into three 10 minute slots throughout the day. So I would just do like a little 10 minute here, a little 10 minute there. And then I'd be like, I've worked out for half an hour today um, in my little 10 minute way. But it's, and sometimes the first one was in my pajamas, maybe at the beginning of the day, maybe even my pajamas at the end of the day. But it's just, it's just finding out what you can do and meeting yourself there. Um, hey, but do you know what, before I'd, yeah, before I'd had kids, when someone would say to me, I can't find half an hour in the day, I would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Of course you can find half an hour in the day. But some days you just can't because of various reasons. You know, there's things to do. Your baby's not happy. Maybe that day they're teething or something. They can't be put down. Sometimes you just can't. And I think on the days or the weeks where you just can't, you have to, unfortunately, accept it and be like, it's nothing to do with my motivation or my dedication or whatever. It's just the way it is. And so when you have got that good day or that good week, just do it. Just make the most of it because you never know when the next bug is coming home from nursery or whatever it is. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. But 10 minute slots is a very good way to start. I like that. 
just making it work, isn't it? And I, I swear, Charlie, I would take my top off and my tiny baby son would just smell milk. So that would be it. Like, now I need to feed. And I'm like, brilliant. I've done two squats. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. so 10 minutes was like, I can buy 10 minutes of time. And again, then it takes out that need for, I hate the idea that in nap time, we've got to get everything done because their mums get no other time in the day for that headspace because nap time is doing the dishes, preparing dinner, cleaning the house if that's a thing that we do anymore I certainly yeah. <laughs> yeah. exercising like it's this crammed stressful time and then our nervous system is just constantly 100 miles an hour and actually it's really nice if nap time can be this free time so that when you wake up that day you can do whatever you might feel like in nap time rather than having this like boom boom boom, boom got to do all of this stuff in potentially half an hour potentially two hours who even knows <laughs> yeah exactly it is um it's a why it's such a wild one now i think and i don't know if you noticed a change in this from your first and your second from from having them but i think in my first i was so conscious to give absolutely every part of me to my son that i kind of lost myself and i didn't prioritize my needs as much as i should or as much as i would tell all the women you know that i work with or friends to prioritize. And one of the things that I'm gonna make sure I do differently this time is to not feel that guilt for being like, actually, I'm gonna have this 20 minutes for me to do something that's gonna make me feel good, which I think last time I really did. If I wasn't constantly doing stuff for my son, then I just felt like that wasn't being a good mum. And it's, it's a motive, isn't it? That motherhood thing. And you have this rational brain and then you have this like newly postnatal hormone motherhood brain. yeah and no I totally hard to marry <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Pregnacare from vita biotics we all know how important it is to support our health when trying for a baby during pregnancy and in the postpartum Pregnacare vitamin and mineral supplements provide advanced nutritional support for every stage of pregnancy before, during, and after. They include vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Pregnacare, expert nutritional care for pregnancy with you every step of the way. To find out more, visit www.pregnacare.com. I definitely felt like... In the first, I, I've i never been a huge one for mum guilt, but I did I did definitely have to justify myself a lot. And even if he was with my husband, I'd, I would, you know, I'm coming back, don't worry, I'm going to be back in a minute. And it's like, he's with his dad, don't panic. But I, I definitely felt that. With the second, it was so much less, so, so much less. But you also have less time for brain space because you've got two of them, right? So when you're not with your baby, you think, I should be with my toddler or you want to be with your toddler. Um, so it just, it means you have to be much more strong with yourself to be like, I matter too. Um, and I actually, this time around, I'm like, I'm already thinking of things I can put into place for the newborn phase so that I can enjoy it. And so that I don't feel completely burnt out um, because there's going to be three of them. So I need to make sure I've got a plan because 
in the first one, no one knows what's going to happen, do you? And you just think, oh, there's only one baby. It should be totally fine. And it's really all consuming. Yeah. And it is all consuming second time too. But you trust your instincts a lot more. You know, I was like, he's fed. He's absolutely fine. I'm going to get on and do my thing because he doesn't need me right now. And my oldest is in nursery, whatever it is. And I felt like I was a lot more sure of myself second time around. Um, it didn't mean that there was less mum guilt. I just didn't, I didn't acknowledge it as much. I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, but I need to do this. So I'm going for it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I guess because you, with your second, you had your first needs to worry about as well. So you kind of yeah. focused solely on this one human because you were navigating this whole system. Oh my God. The second is, it's so funny. And I've Don't spoken put to me off now because it's too no, late. No, to no. Change mind. no it's, it, it, it's a great thing. He is so happy in his own company. He's so, he's now um 20 months. He's so happy to play by himself. He self-settled to sleep really early on because he had to. I put him in his crib and be like, one second, I'm just going to put Alfie to bed and I'll be back in a minute. And uh, when I came back, he was asleep. And he is much more patient and chilled than my first because he had to be because there was two of them and I couldn't give all my attention to him so I think it's a good thing because it means that you know they learn that yeah mum will come in a minute but not right now she's doing something um and I wonder what the third will think will she ever come see me or is (laughs) this just it (laughs) exactly but I but honestly I think I've spoken to a lot of other parents with two and the second has some sort of similarities in, in their sort of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's crazy. Don't get me wrong. He's got zero fear and he <laughs> has a very high pain threshold. So he launches himself off things, but he doesn't make a fuss about stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. my eldest will, will bang his shoulder on the door slightly as he walks past it and I will know about it my youngest I picked him up from nursery he had this giant egg on his head underneath his hat that they hadn't seen because he didn't cry once obviously he banged his head on something and I think they just a bit more resilient the second Mm. one so yeah don't panic it's not like having two firstborns it's very different Thanks. I'm, I'm going to take note of that for sure. <laughs> and I think actually things like resilience, patience, sharing are all essential life skills that, you know, we, we have to learn, don't we? So I love the fact that bringing a sibling in kind of helps with totally. that, for sure. The youngest is much better at sharing, I have to say, because he's only ever shared. Yeah. The eldest, and I do feel sorry for them, the eldest have everything to themselves. And then all of a sudden we make sure they have to share everything. And that's really hard for them. So my eldest, he's, he's getting so much much better but he did really struggle and sometimes still does struggle with sharing and if he wants something he wants it right now whereas the second's a lot more willing to wait for his Mm. turn it's so interesting isn't it how that that nature nurture debate I just yeah I find it fascinating now one of the other key themes that came in Charlie was staying active in the first trimester because as we are both probably still feeling the hangover from the first trimester is absolutely disgusting isn't it it's just gross and I know some women beautifully breeze through it but I'm absolutely not one of those and I know that you were also riddled with sickness and fatigue with this little one so tell me what you have found helped many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I've had three very different first trimesters. So in the first one, I'd had a lot of treatment because I'd had recurrent miscarriage before and I was on lots of medication that actually made me feel great. It sort of masked all the sickness and everything. So I was like, I don't know what people really, (laughs) yeah, what are they complaining about? I feel great. But I was very nervous about doing too much and things. So I played it very carefully. Second time, I thought I had it bad. I had like three days of sickness. And third time, holy moly, it's been a whole different story. And I, I'm um, 18 and a half weeks, the so same as you right now. I'm still getting nausea every day. I'm not being sick anymore, but I'm still getting nausea. But that first trimester, it was about getting through each day because I had the kids to look after. So I was like, how do I conserve my energy? So I was keeping active because I have to. I can't lie in bed all day because I have to look after them. So I was doing that, obviously. I was doing a lot of swimming. Swimming really, really like eradicated the nausea whilst I was in the pool. Then I'd get out and about 10 minutes later it would come back. But it was so heavenly. I think it was being in the cold water or I don't know, but it felt really great. And it was very kind to my joints. I could just go breathe along and not go too hard. But a lot of swimming, I I did try and do some weight workouts, but I just never pushed it so that my heart rate was really high because I found that made me feel worse. And sometimes I started a workout and 10 minutes later, I thought, I can't, I just, it's not working. I can't do it. So my first trimester was really hit and miss each week. It was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to go to the gym. And if all that happens is I do a warm up and then have a shower, then her oh, well, that's just what happens. So I took all the pressure off. I tried to be outside as much as I could because the fresh air helped, whether it was just like standing in a playground with the boys or whether I was going on a walk, it didn't matter. It still really helped. But I did notice at the end of the trimester, my fitness and my strength had declined massively, which of course, but I'm already feeling like I'm building it back up again. And so I always want to say to women, of course, it's going to go down a bit. You know, when you say, oh, I don't want all my hard work to be lost. It's not lost forever. It's just going to be put to the side for now. And you know how to build it back up. You can, as soon as you start again, you know, start that building again. So I feel like I'm getting there now and I'm able to manage the nausea by eating, which is really great. <laughs> eating eat. <laughs> I'm eating a lot. Whereas in the first trimester, food just didn't even help. It Nothing was helping apart from swimming. Um, so now I just make sure that my stomach isn't empty and I'm generally okay. Mm. Um, but I've learned when I pushed it too hard on a day, I felt good. I paid for it the next day and I felt absolutely flawed. So I'm sort of working at like 60, 70% maximum capacity Mm. because I need to save my energy for the rest of my day, um, and my week. So my main advice for the first trimester is do what you need to do. If that is nothing then that is nothing. If you can do a bit of exercise, then do it. But don't copy anyone else. Don't feel bad. Don't compare. Even to your last pregnancy, it's a horrible time. But you know what? Your body is making a human. Like you you look at these updates on the app and it's like your baby now has fingernails and lungs and liver. You're like, what? I was just yelling about my daily life and this was happening. So it's no wonder that we feel completely shattered and awful. 
I know, I think we totally underestimate that in the first trimester because you don't look pregnant. You can't see or feel a baby. And, and for a lot of women who haven't even had a scan, so all you've got is that, you know, blue line or that pregnant on a, on a little digital test. And actually in the first like 10 weeks of pregnancy, your baby's fully formed. All it then really does is get bigger. So in that first 10 weeks, your body is doing insane work. And no one, like you say, no wonder that's exhausting because you're literally creating a human life and then it just grows, basically. It just, for the rest of how clever. How, I said to my husband last night, on earth like how does my body know how to do that I look at my toddler now and I'm like you were made inside my stomach like I just I've worked like you with pregnant women for years and years and it never fails to impress me I'm just like how incredible and you know when in the first trimester I was like to my husband I wish you could do this and actually I don't I don't wish you could do it because I'm so glad that we get to experience this mm. magic, really. And I know when you're feeling that sick, if someone said to you how magical is it, you want to punch them in the face. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it is. When you come through that, which you will, it is. It's just amazing. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I would give the first trimester away quite happily, but the rest oh. of it, I'm totally here for. Because, <laughs> like, but like you say, it's meeting your body day to day. And I think the difference that I've felt in this pregnancy compared to my first is that. With my first, in the evening, when I started to feel really tired, I'd just sit down and watch TV. Yeah, and just go and to I'm bed like, early. Great, bath time with a toddler, bedtime. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So I think my sickness this time was actually less severe with my son. They wanted to hospitalise me because it was just, I just couldn't eat or drink oh, anything. Wow. And I was so dehydrated. This time, it actually wasn't as severe. And I found that I just had to eat awful beige, salty, you know, <laughs> Yeah. calorie high but nutrients low food <laughs> yeah. constantly um, to manage it so I, I wasn't becoming ketotic like I was in my first but it's gone on for longer so with Finley it was like 12 week light bulb here I am second trimester glow but this one vomiting is just part of the bedtime routine still but I think it's because of that the more tired you get the more sick you are and when yeah. you've already got a child and you can't do that resting thing that we tell everyone to do it just it kind of somersaults because by the evening you're done but you're actually not done because you've got to look after this other person still so I don't I'm know if you find that. it I find that um when I've got them to bed like when I literally close the door on their bedrooms mm. I then I'm like hit with a wave of sickness I'm like oh my god it's like the adrenaline has gone like right you're done on the motherhood job for now now how do you feel and I've often just had to go straight to bed or or just collapse on the sofa because I'm like whoa I am absolutely shattered I feel awful but you have to get on with motherhood whilst the kids are there so you have no choice so in a way my brain was just sort of putting that to the back and being like you're fine you're fine and then suddenly they're in bed and I'm like I'm not fine I'm not fine but for me that's another thing I love to tell women is like eat the marmite toast eat the 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 plain pasta whatever it is because the baby's taking every ounce of goodness you're getting which is why you feel so awful but we we all make these lovely plump healthy babies even though we've eaten basically no vegetables in the first trimester so don't, don't panic about that you know get them in where you can have a smoothie if that's a good way of getting it in or whatever but it's okay to eat beige it really is yeah, yeah and I think if you speak to most pregnant women beige is like a, a common theme isn't it in the first yeah. 12 weeks and actually it's reassuring hopefully people listening that are in the beige system at the moment I mean my son was 
literally grown on chicken nuggets and and he came (laughs) but um, but actually you don't have a placenta in the first 12 weeks you have these hormones maintaining your pregnancy which means what you eat isn't actually directly transferred to your baby oh yeah you've got this yolk sac anyone that's had an early scan you'll notice you've got a baby and then you've got this little balloon it almost looks like they're holding a little balloon and that's the yolk sac and the nutrients in that is what was in your body prior to you conceiving so that's actually what's uh-huh. the you know I didn't even know that about the oak sack that's very yeah. interesting so the beige like food that. is grand just crack on leave the broccoli Great. until you're in your second trimester <laughs> and eat the chicken nuggets and crisps and what have you been craving this pregnancy um so my first trimester I ate toast salt and vinegar crisps salt and vinegar crisps was like a thing now that I'm through that hideous bit it's olives, which was exactly the same with Finlay. Just a love for olives. No! Oh yeah. my gosh, you've lost random, me at olives. Really weird. That is like, really I've random. always liked them, but I wouldn't like order them on the food shop. It would be like if we're out, oh yeah, I'll have some olives. That Whereas is so now, like, funny. Olives all the time. I think mm-hmm. salt and vinegar crisps is quite common. For me, I had, I had the same this time with salt and vinegar. And I think it's that you want that strong flavour. Yeah. So I've, I've had a lot of Marmite, a lot of salt and vinegar, a lot of them sherbet sweets, like really powerful, oh, okay. sour sweets. Um, so I've been, with with my first, it was savoury foods. With my second, it was sweet foods. And both were boys. So the myth is gone. That myth of sweet and girls is wrong. Yeah. So, and then this time it's been a mixture. It's just been strong flavours. So like really citrusy fruit or very salty foods. Um so yeah, I find it fascinating what people crave, but olives is not on my list, I have to I say. Know. Really, really bizarre. But I'm like, I'll take that because that's really healthy. So Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> olives definitely. olives are on everything at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny though, isn't it? How you literally feel like this little alien has taken over your body and all those things that seemed important before or would have been your normal day-to-day habits are just completely flipped because it is to some extent out of your control and that's where we need to grant ourselves I think a little bit of compassion and just be like you know every day isn't going to be great but we can ride that wave and take each each hour as it comes sometimes you yeah, know, because yeah. sometimes one part of the day is completely different to the other part of the day. Yeah. And, and sometimes you learn the patterns. So mm. uh, in the first trimester for me, I'd be fine first thing in the morning, but it would come about 11. So I'd know that to take the boys to an activity first thing yeah. and then be at home and put the TV on. I honestly would like make them something for lunch, like sandwiches, something so easy, put the TV on and then just sit on the sofa with them. Cause I knew that that time was not good for me. Mm. Um, so I think taking the guilt away people are always asking me oh god but I'm, I'm doing much more screen time do you feel guilty I'm like not one bit I I did a lot of lying down parenting the first yeah. 12 weeks I was like let's pretend that you're the doctor and I'm ill and you've got to look after me and oh I love that, that. that's a nice play try to balance all your cars on my legs while I'm lying on the sofa stuff like that <laughs> it went down a treat but I just think you've got to get on with it and then when that when I finally told them there's a baby in there he kind of got it and he was like oh are you still poorly I'm like yes I'm still poorly but he gets kind of why why um but yeah it's it's really hard and I think Mm. nobody tells you how like luxurious the first pregnancy is because you can't appreciate it till you have the second um especially my first pregnancy was in lockdown was yours Mm. Yes, but we were slightly coming out of it. 
Okay, I was in the full lockdown, so yeah. not only did I not have any other children to look after, I didn't have anything else anything to do, to do. Or, or anywhere to be. I could literally sleep all day if I wanted, and I did not realise how lucky, how I lucky was. you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. I I love hearing people's stories because I just think what we what we see and then what we hear when we talk to people are often really different. And I yeah. know both of our accounts are quite honest in, you know, the highs and lows and the, the chaos and, and everything. But I think often when you see pregnancy or motherhood, it all looks so picture perfect, especially this time of year. Like when you've got all these beautiful family photographs and all this like beautiful Christmas crafting. And then when you actually speak to mums and you get the real story, you recognize, we are all navigating the same crazy chaos and there's yeah. not a lot of perfection in any of it. <laughs> exactly. And that little Christmas painting picture you saw lasted for three seconds because after that, the paint went on the floor and whatever. And I've been really trying to share that this Christmas because I was, I've was i been floored by some of the days that I thought were going to be magical and festive and they've been so stressful. Yeah. I'm like, there must be more parents having this crazy toddler overwhelm in December. And it turns out there is. Everybody's going through it. But of course, we like to share the happy things, which is also great. But most of the time when your kids are having meltdowns, you're not taking pictures of them, yeah. are you? So <laughs> that's not really the thing that you're going to put online. And, and yeah, I just think it's worth remembering with pregnancy and motherhood that nobody is sailing through it literally nobody even someone who doesn't have any sickness might be riddled with anxiety or maybe wishing they that they have... had sickness that's the thing yeah, isn't it you're like why exactly. am I not sick everyone tells you I'm gonna feel sick what's wrong exactly there's always something like right now you've been feeling kicks haven't you I haven't felt any kicks mm. yet and I remember at the end of my pregnancy last time my god he was kicking so much I was like just stop it this is so uncomfortable and now I'm <laughs> desperate for that so it's like there's always there's always something there is always something and and we can't be perfect because the world's not perfect and our children yeah. don't need us to be because we need to set them up for real life and yeah. that means navigating an imperfect world. So I'm all for embracing our <laughs> imperfect parenting and apologizing and oh, making definitely. mistakes. And that's that's like real my, life. My lessons. boys now say, silly you <laughs> <laughs> because I'm you know, I, I admit when I've done something wrong yeah. and I've made a mistake or but, and we make it into a funny thing that, like, oh no, mommy's got given you the wrong food again. You didn't like it. <laughs> Silly, <laughs> you. Silly you. As it goes on the floor. <laughs> exactly. And I, I just think because then they'll say it when they've done something wrong and yeah. Alfie goes, oh no, I've, I've made a mistake. And yeah. I mean, in the moment, it's really hard to be rational about it, isn't it? You think, um, I'm just going to embrace making mistakes. And in the, in the moment you think, oh, I'm such a terrible mom. But yeah. when you have, when you really can calm down and think about it, you're like, I'm literally doing the best I can. Being pregnant is hard. Being a parent is hard. So when you put it together, it's just like, oh my God, it's like a marathon. So you have to just give yourself a bit of pat on the back every so often. We are actually amazing. Um, it, makes, we? <laughs> it makes me laugh. I um, Finley did something the other day, and as I picked him up, I went, oh, mate, like, you know, come on, give me a break. <laughs> then he looked at me and went, oh, mate. I was like, oh, no, we're at that stage where I need to filter everything before it comes out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. But oh yeah, it's it's so much fun. Charlie, I could speak to you all day, um, but can you leave us with three top tips for pregnant or new mummies listening? 
Okay, well, I think I probably have drip fed them through mm. this episode, but I would say the first thing is to give yourself a break, a physical break, but mainly a mental break. So, um, and I need to give myself this advice every single day. Um, when you go to bed, just think about all the things that you did do, not the things that went wrong or you were supposed to do. And just remember that when your kids are drawing pictures of you at nursery, they're not drawing you as a terrible mum. They're drawing you with a love heart around or that, you know what I mean? That yeah. my mummy does this and my mummy does that. They think you're doing an amazing job. So we need to just be a little less harsh to ourselves. Uh, same as pregnancy. You're literally doing the best that you yeah. can, nothing else. Uh, the second tip would be to ask for help. I, I, I'm not very good at it. I'm getting better because I have to be. The more kids you have, the more help you ha- literally have to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, but let people help you that because they, they want to. They always ask, you know, let me know. I think it's hard when people say, let me know if I can help when they leave it quite open-ended. Yeah. But if someone says, I'm coming round for me to look after your baby while you have a shower or a nap, just just take it because you will be really regretful if you don't. And then you do what I do. And then I have a big moan that nobody's helping me. And it's like, hello, everybody's asking to help you. <laughs> so that would be my, my second ask for the help. And my third would be to, to plan less into your day. Mm. So especially if this is your first pregnancy and you're listening, I think we're so used to being able to do so much on our day because our day is longer. We don't need to stop the day up. 4.30 to cook dinner for the kids and then do bedtime routine. The day feels much, much longer. Um, so I always say plan one thing into the day, one activity, and the rest is just a bonus. So often with my kids in the morning, if I've got them with me, they're not at nursery, I'll take them to like a music class or the library or the playground. And then in the afternoon, it's like, what should we do? What do you fancy doing? And it yeah. could be playing in the garden or playing a game at home, or it could be going back to the playground. But just have one thing in your diary every day. It gets you out the house. So especially if you've just had your first baby, even if it's going to the post office or going to buy some milk, one thing in your diary and then everything else is a bonus rather than trying to like get on a bus to go into central London and go to five different shops. You are not going to succeed every day and you're going to feel really disheartened about it. So plan less and succeed more I'd say (laughs) oh I love that plan less and succeed more that is a beautiful way to finish Charlie thank you so much and I look forward to following the rest of your journey with baby number three you too with baby number two I'm so happy that we're in sync it's so nice it's so nice to follow along (laughs) before I head off I need to tell you something 68% of you who listen to my show have not hit the subscribe button so can you do me a favor And if you've ever enjoyed listening, hit subscribe now. It makes a huge difference, helping me to keep bringing you episodes. And together, we can then reach and empower more women on this journey. If you are a pregnant or newly postpartum listener and are looking to have the healthiest, most positive and informed journey, then my exclusive Your Pregnancy and Your Postnatal Journey courses may be for you. I work with a select number of women in a bespoke way with unlimited access to me and my expert team for the most transformative level of support at this important time in your life. We only get one shot at getting this time right. So to get in touch and find out more, head to midwifepip.com.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.